Welcome to The Betting Show on the podcast. Doug Maurice, Austin Ward, Bill Landis will be doing this every week. We're going to give you our picks for the Ohio State game every week. We're going to talk about why we like giving the points or taking the points with the Buckeyes, what we think of the over-under. We'll do a couple Ohio State prop bets every week, and then we'll make one other bet of the North. You know, something else going on with the Northern team. Maybe it's Michigan. Maybe it's Penn State. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's Notre Dame. Austin. We're checking in with Ohio State expertise and suggesting actual bets that you can make on your phone in the state of Ohio. But also, you know, if you're listening somewhere else, you can probably make it one way or another. We actually want to give people expertise on this betting show. Well, and if not expertise, a way that they can fade us and make as much money as they want by not listening to us talk about the game. And if you don't like the name of this show and you happen to own a gambling app, hey, hit us up. We'll change the show for you. We like uh, we'll use any app, I promise you, and we'll use your lines as part of the show. But uh, I am looking forward to it. We've always done uh, bold predictions in the past. Those are a little silly. They weren't likely to happen. And now we have all the prop bets in the world available available to us in the state of Ohio, Doug. So uh, it's a lot more fun to look at this and and tease out what might happen on Saturdays. We want to suggest things that you can get on your phone and bet. So we'll try to direct you, hey, I found this on this app, and this is it's minus 110, it's whatever, plus 350. Landis, we I think it's we know Ohio State football, right? And I think mm-hmm. when you're betting college football, especially, there's the schematic talent discussion, and there's also sort of like the intangible how a team like Ohio State wants to play. Do they want to try and cover the spread in a game where they have a talent edge? What are they thinking about? I think that factors a lot into betting. It does. I also think that sort of the institutional knowledge of, of how Ohio State has played historically in, in games, depending on where they are in the calendar, against certain opponents, certain locations, I think all, all that comes into consideration too, especially when Ohio State is opening with a Big Ten road game like it is this Saturday against Indiana. 3.30 in Bloomington. The line is somewhere around minus 30, maybe minus 29 and a half. Ohio State's favored. The over-under is somewhere about 59, maybe 59 and a half. So as we're making these picks, we'll tell you, you know, well, we found this line here. Here's what the what the number is on it. And so, Austin, we'll start with you. Your pick for Ohio State, Indiana, and then what that means for your spread prediction and over-under. Yeah, so... I've spent too much of August probably looking at the challenge that can be posed with Indiana blitzing, having nothing to lose, going on the road, that maybe the first half will be wonky. I can't say that all month and then back away when it comes time to actually predict what's going to happen on Saturday. So anyone who's followed uh, my predictions over the years knows that it's not very common that I don't pick Ohio State to win the spread or cover the spread. And I, I do pick them to win pretty much every time as well. And they are going to beat Indiana. But I have this game as 38 to 10, Doug. So if you're taking a total at 59, I do think this game will come in under. Uh, we'll see how much the, the clock rules impact that. The game could be shorter. It could be fewer plays. I think it may take a little bit of time for Ohio State's offense to shift into gear. I think the defense is going to be really good. And I have a hard time projecting Indiana to score a lot on this you know, veteran-laden defense that I think is going to generate a lot of pressure up front from Ohio State. So Indiana's not, in my mind, going to assist much in getting to the total. Uh, so I've got it under, and I don't think the Buckeyes will cover in the opener. 38 to 10. That's a pretty good, that's a pretty healthy under. That's a 48 total on a 50 or 50, 59 or 59 and a half. Left. I think that that's what's interesting about this particular spread as well, Doug, is like, that's an impressive win 
to go on the road against a conference opponent and I think still win by four touchdowns. The fact that this number continued to get bigger throughout the week, you know, I think the first time Bill and I talked about it, it was around 27 and a half and 28 uh, in June and July. And I still thought that was pretty healthy right there. Like there you you would feel good, I would think, if you're an Ohio State fan, if my number hits here, 38-10, like, okay, the Silver Bullets put in a good effort. They, they shut down Indiana. I like the way that they're heading. The offense found some footing as the game went on. They run the ball well. Like, I, And if Ohio State becomes a better power rushing team, we've talked about, well, maybe Travion Henderson's getting a lot more carries. You, you, Ohio State's new offensive line is better at run blocking maybe than pass protection. That may lend itself to a slightly lower uh, offensive production over the course of the year, but still comfortable wins. Landis, what you got? So I was, I was thinking more along the lines of Austin for for a long time with this game, um, and I think I think I've come around on the idea that I'm that I'm probably giving Indiana a little too much credit compared to the teams that Ohio State has played in games like this previously. Like it's not as veteran as the Minnesota team that Ohio State had to play on the road two years ago to open the season. Um, it's probably not quite as good as the Indiana team that had to play back in 2017 to open that season on the road, another game that was close. Um, so I've kind of come off the idea that that maybe this is a little bit of a uh, of a slog for at least half the game. I, I do think that Ohio State's probably going to come out rocking in this game. I think they're going to run the football a lot, um, and maybe that does limit possessions and, and thus – keeps this game from getting to where my score is but I'm 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 a wider margin here I'm 56 24 for Ohio State so that that is a cover uh, of the spread whether you have it you know 29 and a half I saw it I saw it as high as 30 and a half either way that's a cover um and I'm over significantly um that's a that's an 80 point total for me comfortably over in this game um I, I'd imagine a lot of Indiana scoring probably coming a little later in the game when when it's it's kind of in Ohio State's control, um, and and maybe you get a little nervous about about Indiana backdooring a, a cover there. I, I, that is in my mind a little bit, um, but I'm I'm betting on Ohio State kind of hitting a gear that maybe it, honestly it hasn't always hit in openers under Ryan Day. This is a big spread, and and if you look at back at their openers in Ryan Day's first four seasons, the spread they only would have covered once. Um, they didn't cover it the first year against FAU. They did cover it against Nebraska in 2020. Um, but they didn't cover it in the other games either. So it's a tough ask, I think, to win by four-plus touchdowns on the road in your season opener, but I just don't think Indiana's that good. You're opposite Austin, so you're over. Doug, they're going to think that we both had to pick opposite sides to keep people engaged. Like, Mm. Yeah. It's not manufactured, I promise. That's that's a significant (laughs) difference, and I think I'm going to end up splitting the difference here a little bit. My score is very close to yours, Austin. It's 45-10. Okay. So it's only one more touchdown for Ohio State. So it's still under, but it is Ohio State covering at minus 30. And here's why I think that. I think there has been a decent amount of discussion on the fact that, is this correct? I think I actually heard this from you guys. Ohio State's last four road openers, they've trailed at halftime. Is that correct? Yeah. Uh, I was going to talk about that with with one of the prop bets, but that is correct. So here's the thing. So in looking at those those four road openers, and Landis, you kind of referenced this um, a little bit. Those were, I like think, significantly more difficult matchups for Ohio State for a variety of reasons. 2021 at Minnesota. Minnesota's actually good that year. They go nine and four. That's like a real team. I don't think Indiana's that. 
2017 at Indiana, it's Ryan Day's first game, game as offensive coordinator. So it's like a whole new system. Like, yes, they're starting a new quarterback, but this isn't that. 2015 at Virginia Tech, like enter Sandman at Virginia Tech. That's one of the toughest road environments in college football. This isn't that. And 2014 at Navy, Navy's nuts. Navy plays like a completely different <laughs> brand of football. It screws everybody up. This isn't that. So I think you can look at that, but I think this is not that. So, and, and I also do think this, and I'm curious what you guys think about this. The quarterback battle, I was looking, for instance, at the 2019 opener, Florida Atlantic, Justin Fields' first game. Ohio State scored touchdowns on its first four drives in that game. Then they had two fumbles late in the first half, and then they, they kept Justin in for every series until the very last series. But I think they kind of they shut it down a little bit in the second half. Austin, do you think they'll keep the pedal down because they need to see Devin Brown and Kyle McCord? That doesn't necessarily mean they keep the starting offensive line and starting receivers in the whole game, but I don't know that they want to turn either quarterback into a handoff machine in the second half. I'm wondering how you think the quarterback battle factors into this. Yeah, I think that's the great unknown here. Throughout uh, all of our tenures covering Ryan Day, that number where he feels truly comfortable, you we can argue whether it's right or wrong. I mean, Bill, it's like 42 points, right? That's about when it, <laughs> if it's 42 points in the second half, that's when he's like, okay, am I, am I wrong about that? That's what it seems like to me. That, that feels right, yeah. So you have to factor that in here where, yes, Ohio State has a quarterback battle. Yes, they want to evaluate it. Yes, both of those guys need reps, but they wouldn't be significant data points if the first team offensive line is off the field if Marvin Harrison is in bubble wrap if Emeka Buka is out of the game if you're you know if you're done trying to push the tempo which I I think Ryan Day there's a few exceptions Maryland uh the rivalry game maybe Rutgers now where he would continue to pour on points and go for style points and blowouts I don't think Indiana fits that bill uh I don't think you know, knowing what's happening in the couple weeks after that with Youngstown State and Western Kentucky, that he would feel the need to get them really sharp or keep building that. To, I mean, Notre Dame is looming out there. He doesn't want to talk about that, but you have to make sure that that team is fully healthy to go. I think that would trump any need to just keep Kyle McCord and Devin Brown out there to run the whole offense, Doug. Landis, do you think it factors in? Like, will a third quarterback play in this game or? Are they? It's going to be just these two guys. I think if a third quarterback plays, it's like the last drive of the game when they're kneeling it out, or or they are a handoff machine. Um, part of the reason why I went a little higher than I was thinking probably two or three weeks ago is because I do think they're going to leave a lot of the guys in there. Maybe not Marvin, um, but probably like everybody else. Maybe you protect Travion, but you still got plenty of running backs there, right? I think the offensive line plays the majority of the game, frankly, because they need to. Um, mm -hmm. And I and I think uh, I think both quarterbacks are playing with more or less the first team offense for the majority of this game, kind of regardless of how it goes. Um, so yeah, that's that's why I'm a little higher with my number. Also, I think Indiana stinks. Do we think Indiana stinks, or do we think Indiana's kind of okay? No, they stink. They okay. have like individual guys who are interesting, but collectively they probably stink. Yeah. So like for, for instance. When Ohio State was trailing in the first half at Minnesota two years ago, Minnesota that year in the FEI final rankings, which is like a good statistical thing that I use a lot. Minnesota finished 21st in defense in the country that year and 40th in offense. That's like pretty good, like a top 40 team on both sides of the ball. And they gave Ohio State a game. Indiana last year, and I know they've brought in a lot of transfers. 
Indiana was 71st in defense and 111th in offense. Like this, right? I mean, I think you you can look at that Minnesota game, but I think that Minnesota team two years ago, in my mind, is going to be is a significantly tougher challenge than what I'm expecting from Tom. I think this is the beginning of the end for Tom Allen. Like this is, I think this could be embarrassing, and then people are like, like this is it for or 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 Tom, Austin. You think Tom rallies the Hoosiers and they rise up? No, and th- no, no. There's, there's no love going around there. I know it for an absolute fact that Indiana's athletic department and its athletic director was reaching out to people around the league last year saying, how can I possibly get out of this contract? He was just the Big Ten coach of the year a year ago. How did, how did I get myself in this situation? They know that he's not the guy. They already And they found themselves just financially stuck to him. I think maybe the Big Ten money can change that. I think my view that this game will be closer than the experts think uh, is mainly about Ohio State coming out and just not being itself yet and wanting to play two guys mm-hmm. and being disjointed. It has nothing to do with Indiana. A lot of people have have made that point to me. Indiana stinks. Yes, I know they stink. They should have fired Tom Allen. They should have found the money to get rid of him. He is weighing that program down from what I don't know. They're not ever going to win a conference championship despite how close they were in the COVID year. Um, but it, to me, this isn't about the opponent as much as like, I just think it's going to be a little rocky early on uh, before Ohio state pulls away and, and does win relatively comfortably. All right. Austin Ward, 38, 10 bill Landis, 56, 24. I'm at 45, 10. That means Landis is over the total of 59. Austin and I are under the total. Austin is taking the points with Indiana. God, plus kill me. It sounds so dumb. <laughs> and Landis and I are giving the points at minus 30. I will say I feel more confident in the minus 30 than I do about going under. I think the under, I'm just, I'm just worried about like it's, Indiana is going to contribute almost nothing yeah. to this, and that it's a dominant forty-two to three Ohio State win that doesn't get to fifty-nine. I feel pretty good about the minus thirty, though. I, I think there's a variety. Landis, you and I are both there. I think there's a variety of ways that Ohio State covers that, whether it's thirty-eight to three or whether it's sixty-one to twenty. Yeah, I, I'm with you there. I feel more confident in the spread than I do the total because there were a couple games last year for Ohio State where. They covered a spread similar to this or, or, or even exceeding it, uh, but the total still wasn't quite there because, you know, the other team they were playing was doing nothing but kicking field goals. So, and, and I think that's on the table for Indiana. All right. When we come back, we're going to make some Ohio State prop bets because, as Austin has pointed out, there's some juicy ones <laughs> out there. And then we're each going to make a pick about another Northern football game. We'll do that next on the podcast on our betting show. Back on the podcast, our betting show. We're going to do a couple Ohio State props each week as well. Austin, a, a cornucopia? Did you feel good? A plethora of options uh, out there? I I felt like Scrooge McDuck opening up the apps, apps on Thursday morning. It's like, oh my gosh, so much to choose from in here. And just you know, swimming around in gold coins and imagining all the different ways that I could spend uh, these units by the end of the year. It's exciting. Like It adds another... I'm not encouraging everybody to gamble. I'm not saying that I am going to gamble on the team that I cover, but it's interesting to see the way, uh, you know, not just Vegas, but any any odds makers, what they're thinking about Ohio State, what they think of the talent on the team, who they think is most likely to score, not score. Like that's an interesting component that 
you know, in, unless you were using, you know, a lot of other services or, you know, sending your, your Wi-Fi signal somewhere else and tapping into Las Vegas, like to, to do whatever, like you may have already experienced this throughout your career uh, or your fandom following Ohio State, but this isn't something that I had, you know, close access to or paid attention to in the past. And it's really, I think, educational and more than anything else, that's what it should be for. You can send your Wi-Fi signal to Vegas. Can you teach me? I how think to do it's that? like that a. Sounds- I don't know. Berm should be on here. He's the tech guru. It's like VPNs, yeah. and I don't. I've never done it. I I like to follow <laughs> the rules. I don't want the FBI tapping into my house. Yeah. Again, no, that would be not terrible. again. Okay. <laughs> All right, Landis. We'll start with you on this one. What are your two Ohio State prop bets you like this week? Yeah, I, I was looking around for because I I think like this is a big Travion Henderson game, but I didn't I didn't feel like I love the value that I found for like multiple Travion Henderson touchdowns. Like it was still like minus three hundred for him to score two touchdowns, and I just didn't didn't feel like that was really worth the squeeze for me. Um, but I like touchdown props. Um, just sort of generally, it's probably one of my favorite things to bet. Maybe my maybe my favorite thing to bet in college and the NFL. Um, Taven Jackson, Indiana's quarterback. Uh, it was, he was plus 300 on Tipico for an anytime touchdown, which, and he's a quarterback, so he has to run it in. Um, it's not just a passing touchdown, but I thought that was decent enough value for a, a quarterback who's pretty athletic against a defense that did give up five rushing touchdowns to quarterbacks last year. Um, I don't think Taven Jackson's like going to go off in this game, but I also think he is probably the best quarterback or potentially the best quarterback that Indiana has had. I don't know, going back to like Nate Sudfeld, and he's a different kind of player th- than him too. So there's there's a little bit of a di- dynamic element there with him that that I like in terms of of being a guy who can use his legs to get into the end zone. Um, so that was one. Taven Jackson, anytime touchdown, plus 300 uh, against Ohio State. And then the other one, which maybe I, I'm probably, maybe not the only one on this here, the first quarter total for Ohio State, uh, really in any game, uh, is it's it's 13 and a half for this game. And I think anytime that number is under two touchdowns, I'm probably going to bet it. Um, <laughs> last year, that that would have hit seven times in five of their games, uh, the 13 and a half. Um, that, that's a pretty consistent number. I didn't see a different number anywhere else. It was 13 and a half everywhere I looked. Um, but DraftKings had, uh, I think, the best odds on it at minus 115. So that is my second prop bet. And that's a total for everybody. That's 13 and a half points yep. total in the first quarter. And that's also one of mine. That that idea of, do you think there can be two touchdowns? I think Ohio State's defense is going to force some quick three and outs and get the ball back in the hands of the offense. I think I think an Ohio State defensive score is on the table potentially early on. I, I do think... Um, I do think they'll come out fast. And even if they run the ball and eat up clock a little bit, I think they can get there because they can have like a six-minute drive, force a three and out, and get the ball back and get back in the end zone. So that 13.5 is very attractive. Again, minus 115 on DraftKings is also one of mine. Austin, did you look at a first quarter total at all? I did, and I decided with the way that I've talked about this game that I was going to stay away from it this particular week. I also looked a little bit at Indiana was getting 17.5 for the first half spread, and I thought – about that, and that's what led me down. We've talked so much about the four um, road openers in the last nine years for Ohio State and them trailing at halftime. Like, well, maybe I should look more closely at those. And you referenced those in the first segment, Doug. It was Navy. That was seven to six at, at halftime. Mm-hmm. That was JT Barrett's first start. So that's, you know, we can put all the caveats, triple option plus JT Barrett. But that's actually what it was. I think we should talk about 
what those scores were in those situations. Virginia Tech in 2015 was 17-14. There were the shenanigans going on with Cardale Jones and back and forth. Um, you know, Ohio State trailing 17-14. 2017 at Indiana was 14-13. Uh, the Hoosiers led that one. And we we all know C.J. Stroud in 2021, 14-10 was that score in Minnesota. So what's what's in common there? Pretty low scoring halves for both sides. Again, we can you know talk about the situations being different, the level of veteran talent on Minnesota being very different than what Indiana may have on Saturday. But I'm at least going to pay attention to that trend. And if it bucks on Saturday, so be it. But instead of taking that and and doubling down on Indiana to cover, which seems like a very foolish idea, given given my opinions of the Hoosiers, I'm taking the highest scoring half being the second half, which I found on DraftKings for plus 225, which for something Mm. that ostensibly should be close to a 50-50 proposition, there's also Mm. a dry option, a a tie option, a draw option. So there's there's three-way betting on that. Uh, But if I am correct... And that it is a little wonky early on. Then Ohio State finds its footing and pulls away. Maybe they play uh, to Bill's point. Maybe they let Devin Brown, Kyle McCord, and the starting offensive line stay out longer. To me, that says Ohio State adding a few extra points to pull away to get to that 3-4 touchdown margin. So if I'm right about the way that this game plays out, that that lined up. I could, I could essentially parlay them together. I'm not going to take a single game parlay on that, but... I do think that the second half will lead more points. And the other part is if if Ohio State pulls defensive starters, then Indiana might be able to contribute some points. Third and fourth quarter, second half, plus 225. That's where I'm at on that one, Doug. I really like that because I think the most important thing about this is, especially for Ohio State fans, you have to figure out how you think the game's going to go. You have to figure out your game script. And then you have to figure out how to bet it so that you can try to win. So that if you're right about how it goes, do you win? You have your game script, Austin. This is like a really smart bet for your script to get plus 225 on something like that. And there's a variety of ways to hit on it. The thing that I like about bets like this too is your script could be wrong <laughs> and you could still win. Right. You know what I mean? Like, like maybe, maybe it's Ohio State comes out gangbusters early on, but then they pull everybody and then Indiana gets a bunch of points in the second and you still win it. But if you, if you, have it the right way. So the worst thing is to have the game play out exactly how you thought it would play out, but bet it wrong yeah. <laughs> that you don't win. So I think this is a really smart bet. What's your second bet, Austin? Uh, as Bill said, it's it's really fun to bet on individual touchdowns and having those available. That's one of the cooler things, I th- as I mentioned early on, about having this in Ohio now. But the numbers for Ohio State skill players were ghastly. Like, stay away. Yeah. Uh, I did not like them. I didn't like them even when you added second and third touchdowns. It was still uh, cost prohibitive to take it. But I did think if you were going to take somebody on Ohio State and I couldn't find Joe Royer anywhere, so all of you apps, wake up. <laughs> Give me everybody on Ohio State's offense. They can all score. I would have taken Chip Trainum to score too. Um, Kyle McCord. I was looking for Chip Trainum too. That was my guy. When you were mad about Royer, I was mad about Chip Trainum. Yeah. He wasn't on there. What are they going to do like next week? Like they need to list twenty five different Ohio State players to score yeah. touchdowns. I think Kyle McCord will score a rushing touchdown, and everyone will say, "Well, oh, Ryan Day doesn't want to run quarterbacks." And again, I'm often a prisoner of the things that I see. And what did I see in spring ball? Red zone opportunities where Kyle McCord was pulling the ball, running into the end zone, and then spiking it to the ceiling. I think he wants to do it. I think he's tough enough and willing enough to do it. Um, And I also think 
that there may be something to the fact that Ryan Day will loosen the reins a little bit on his quarterbacks to run because if all of this is true, that he thinks that both Kyle McCord and Devin Brown are equally capable of playing, then you don't have to be as cautious. If Justin Fields got hurt, the national title chase was over. Chris Chuganoff, as much as I liked him, was not going to lead Ohio State to it. Um, when it was two years ago, if C.J. Stroud is out, then you're going to a true freshman, Kyle McCord, not necessarily a winning situation. If these guys are more comparable, more capable, and Ryan Day believes in them both, maybe that means he's more willing to, I'm not saying they're going overboard, not going to do 15 zone reads, but maybe three, four times in a game, you dial it up. The red zone's an opportunity for that. Uh, and it would probably surprise a lot of Ohio State opponents, starting with Indiana, if Kyle McCord pulls it, dashes in there, and cashes at 145, according to FanDuel. Plus 145. You were nodding, Landis. You like that one? I do like that one. I agree with everything Austin said about um, the quarterback run game, which we would not talked a ton about it during the preseason. And and you're right. like They're not going to suddenly flip to running an option offense with the quarterback carrying the ball 20 times a game. But I do think it starts to come back in as something that's sprinkled into the offense. I think we probably see more quarterback sneaks than we saw with C.J. Stroud, which is kind of a deadly play for Ohio State. It certainly was when they had Justin Fields. Um, so I think that gives you an opportunity to punch one into the end zone with one of these guys too. All right, so my – First bet was the first quarter total over. I like the idea of the Ohio State defense scoring, but it was only plus 310. <laughs> yeah. It's like only three to one on a defensive score. It's like you can't go there. So I took first touchdown score for Ohio State, which my version of it is run, 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 play action deep shot. So I took Julian Fleming at plus 850 on FanDuel Ooh. as the first touchdown score. Ooh. So that's a bit of a wing and a prayer. But again, trying to figure out my game script let Kyle McCord take a shot early, yeah. like build some confidence and maybe that Indiana defense gets sucked up and also let, let Julian Fleming build some confidence if he's feeling healthy and, and get him the ball. So that's, you know, it's a wild hair, a little bit at plus eight fifty. Those are our Ohio state prop bets each week. We're going to do one more. There's some, you know, some decent Northern games for us to, to zero in on Austin. What's your non Ohio state Northern bet of the week? I, um, am an advocate for James Franklin being a fraud. I am <laughs> on record numerous times saying such. And look, I do believe that this this is one of the more talented versions of Penn State that he's had. They they recruit at a uh, impressive level. I think Drew Auer has all the potential in the world. Uh, you know, I think that they are a legitimate contender in the Big Ten East. I don't think they're going to beat either Ohio State or Michigan. Uh, but to have faith in him to cover three touchdowns, and uh, it, depending on where you see it, it's around 20.5. Some have 21. That seems like a lot to me in the opener where the biggest issue throughout Franklin's tenure at Penn State has been on the offensive line. They just lost uh, one starter to a medical retirement. Uh, I believe at left guard. They seem to be uncertain at right tackle. They've had a couple you know, guys battling for that role. Um, that doesn't bode necessarily well for week one. A lot of the things that I say about Ohio State and, and openers being difficult, I think, is also true. Even if you're at home, it's going to maybe take a little bit of time. And West Virginia is not a world beater. They haven't decided, uh, at least publicly, what they're going to do at quarterback. So that seems like a you know a little bit of a concern for me. But to take those points for West Virginia in a primetime game, like that's... I think they're going to be fired up for it. I think they can create some problems, enough problems for Aller 
uh, in the first, you know, full-time starting action, permanent guy. Uh, well, I guess he's not been named by Franklin yet either, even though we all expect that to be the case. That spread seems too high to me, so I've got West Virginia. So West Virginia plus like 20 and a half, right. 21 or so? Yep. Okay. I, I do think betting should bring you pleasure, and it seems like betting <laughs> against James Franklin would bring you pleasure. Well, he's horrible against good teams, and I'm not saying that West Virginia is, but I... I wish that I had written down the actual stat because it keeps getting worse every single year. Top 10 teams, top 25 ranked opponents. James Franklin, he can't beat them. Unless something truly goes absolutely bonkers, like blocking a uh, punt and a field goal and getting lucky in a game handed to you, it just doesn't happen for him. All right, Landis, bring some pleasure with your northern bet. Uh, quickly before I do that, did you guys see that that friend of the program, uh, Audrey Slater, tricked James Franklin into basically saying that Drew Aller will be the starter? <laughs> Not that it was any kind of news, but she actually like, basically got him to say it. Oh, for real? She's yeah. what she do? She's the best. She asked him, so he wouldn't name he wouldn't say Drew's a starter, but she said, "What do you expect to see out of Drew on Saturday?" And he said something to the effect of, "Like, well, it's different to be the starter as opposed to just preparing like you're the starter." <laughs> nice. Yeah. Well done by Audrey. So she got him. Um, my uh, wait, my so is, it's not hard to outsmart James Franklin, or it is hard. I don't because I want to give Audrey, or not. I want to give Audrey credit, but on the other hand, yeah, I feel like people are going to listen to this show, and by the time we get to the game, it's going to be like Penn State minus six and a half instead of minus 20 and a half. <laughs> uh, my pick is uh, Boise State covering the spread at Washington. Um, it's 14 some places, I saw it at 14 and a half. At FanDuel at minus 118. So that would be the line that I'm taking. I'll take the half point there. Uh, Boise State under Andy Avalos is 4-1 and one against the spread as an underdog, which uh, is pretty enticing to me. Pretty good rushing attack at Boise State. Kind of a three-headed deal with their quarterback, Taylor Green. Two really good running backs. Um, Washington's got a good defense. Uh, really good defensive line. And I'm not saying it's going to be easy for Boise State to run the football, but I, but I think they run it well enough to limit some of Washington's possessions because Washington's explosive. I think Washington still wins, but but Boise State's a pretty salty team, I think, when they get in the games like this. And I think there's probably enough week one weirdness kind of sprinkled on top of it to, to keep it close. So I'll take the, the two-plus touchdowns uh, and take Boise State to cover that game. All right. I like that one. And I'm going to bring myself some pleasure with my pick. And mine is <laughs> under 33 and a half as the team total for <laughs> Iowa. I I knew it was coming. I couldn't wait. Yeah. Just got to be that guy. You know? Could you tease it so, down to 25? I, I mean, I, I mean, I should be able to, right? I mean, that's probably like plus 650 or something to get that. So I, I bet Gary Barta, former <laughs> Iowa athletic director, is probably taking the under on this as well. So as we know, uh, Brian Ferentz, the Iowa offensive coordinator, their offense has to average 25 points a game or he's going to get fired at the end of the year. They start off with Utah State. I did a little uh, conjuring. Guys, do you want to guess last year in their 12 regular season games, how many times did Iowa score more than 33 and a half points? Twice. Twice. Goose egg. What? <laughs> Their high last year was 33. Oh, my. The year before, they scored more than 33 and a half twice. So in their last 24 regular season games, they've scored more than 33 and a half points twice. In their last 45 regular season games, they've scored more than that nine times. That's all. 
Cade McNamara is iffy. It sounds like he's going to start at quarterback for Iowa, but he has an injury issue. When Cade McNamara was the quarterback at Michigan, when they made the playoff in 2021, their non-MAC opponents that year, the 12 games not against the MAC, they scored, Michigan scored more than three, 33 and a half, four times out of 12. So there's nothing here. Utah State, if like Indiana has a bunch of transfers, I think Utah State might have 60 transfers or something on its roster. Like it's ridiculous. But <laughs> I think they have a pretty good coach. They have an offensive head coach. Utah State last year, their defense was ranked like in the 50s. It's not like a defense that's in the hundreds, right? It's not an incompetent team. Utah State's not incompetent. They won 11 games a couple of years ago. So I think Iowa might dominate and win like 27 to 3. Mm. So mm. I like under 33 and a half. I found it at minus 115 on FanDuel. And it will bring me great pleasure to root for Iowa to score less than 33 and a half. I got to get it before the line moves. So let's just fire up. Let's go again. FanDuel right now. We're going to drive it down to 25. Yeah. (laughs) Doesn't got it. Oh, now the the defensive touchdown capabilities would terrify me when I'm picking an Iowa under like that. No, they would. Well, that's how they get to. That's how they get to twenty five. You're just like defensive yeah. scores. You're factoring in two already. Yeah. 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 So okay. we're all good. I think. I think I feel good about it. Okay, that's it for our betting show here on the podcast. We'll do this every week. We're going to track our bets ten dollar increments. So it's like we each made five ten dollar bets this week. We'll track that every week. Who's ahead? Who's behind? We'll track our overall record. Ohio State games against the spread. How are we doing? Ohio State games over unders. How are we doing? And we'll be back here. Every week, late Thursday, maybe Friday, some weeks, but like we want to get it late in the week and get it to you guys. It'll be Austin and Bill and I checking in on what's going on off Ohio State and Austin like it's here, man. Like you're ready for this. I, I can't I don't think I've ever been more excited for a season opener like last year was Ohio State Notre Dame. I was still I'm still more excited now than I was a year ago. This offseason has been ridiculous and uh, it doesn't hurt that now I can bet on football in the state of Ohio. So um, not that I would do that. But I could. I might. I will. I definitely will. Austin will be there in Bloomington. Great coverage. Look for that coming from the game. And then Landis, you and I are going to be doing our post-game show right after the Ohio State-Indiana game. What can people expect from us post-game? Yeah, I think we're going to do as best we can to to kind of dive in on some of the more data-driven stuff, I think. Kind Kind of tallying stuff on the fly, as you were talking about earlier this week, like personnel usage. Um, some play calling stuff like we want to we want to be able to give you a kind of an instant feel for how Ohio State is entering this season in terms of how it wants to you know just how it wants to play like it's not going to be exactly what it looked like under CJ Stroud the quarterback's different the offensive line's different the strengths are different probably in some places than they were last year so it's not going to just be like surface level Ohio State won wasn't that fun like we're gonna we're gonna try to dig in a little bit and, and give you um, a more more in-depth analysis maybe that you can get elsewhere. I'm super excited to be here with these guys. They did a great job last year on this channel with the podcast on YouTube, wherever you find your podcast, and that that uh, they're welcoming me here to be part of this team with Austin and Bill and with Jeremy Birmingham is just awesome. I'm super psyched for this, and I think there is a great college football season ahead, a great Big Ten season ahead, and a super interesting Ohio State football season ahead, and we're going to be bringing it to you in a million different ways, including on this betting show every week for now for Austin Ward. And Bill Landis, I'm Doug Maurice. That was our betting show on the podcast.